0: Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Friday, September 16th, 2022. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability using hitter and pitcher projections I've created in order to make one money line or run line pick on every game played seven days a week though there are no sunday shows that doesn't mean i recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about these games give you a few things to think on and explain why certain plays are being made in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with i never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling. So what I give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to see it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. We mentioned on the College Football Show recently that Jake just had a birthday, September 16th. This is my birthday. So my birthday present to you, and I know that's a little bit backwards from how the way it normally works, but I'm going to actually unlock a few of the Patreon uh, specials some of that access uh, for everyone one day only here on Friday, uh, the play of the day. I'm going to make sure that it gets out to everybody. On top of that, I'm going to go ahead and give everyone the model projections for Saturday, September 17th. I do that the day before. I'll do that here On the 16th uh, before noon, I'll get those out to everybody. Uh, And that way, when the opening lines come out on Friday, you know, Saturday's kind of crazy with all the college football games going on. You can kind of already have that information Friday afternoon, Friday evening, taking advantage of some bad, potentially bad opening lines. Uh, But I'm going to go ahead and give you all a few extra benefits here. Uh, I I know birthday presents usually work the other way, but I I want to do something a little bit fun. So I'm going to give a couple extra benefits to everybody here on this friday to celebrate my birthday and if you like what you see then obviously you can uh see if that's worth something that you're investing in link for the patreon is down there in the crawler uh but before we get to today's slate some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you are yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and the only way. Assuming you can turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Also, check out Horse Racing Today if you like to play the ponies. You can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They're a team of five with over 125 years' experience in handicapping horse races. There is an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Again, the YouTube shows and website links are in the description. Uh, so far this week, still looking pretty solid. Need a nice little weekend here to cap off what's been the a good week so far. We're going to start off with the day game in Chicago, 220 Eastern. First pitch, Rockies at the Cubs. It's a little bit of a warmer day, low 80s, and the wind's blowing out in Wrigley, which matters more in that park than any other park in the country. Again, I talked about this before without those grandstands in the outfield. Uh, winds blowing in, winds blowing out. Uh, can really make the ball fly there much more than any other ballpark, but... With two below average offenses and two solid starting pitchers, the model still only says a total of eight. If this was better offenses, this would probably be more like a total of nine. Uh, but the Rockies' offense on the road, especially, most of the time, not very strong. Cubs' offense, still below average. Both sets of relievers are obviously very scary, but uh, both starting pitchers are pretty solid. Herman Marquez does have a little bit of an inflated ERA from pitching in Coors Field, but the underlying metrics say he's a mid four ERA pitcher, fairly average, fairly okay, you know, should have some success against the Cubs. Uh, you know, kind of average offense. But the main discrepancy this game is Marcus Stroman against the Rockies offense. Stroman gets a 91 grade. According to the model, he doesn't have a sub four ERA. And the underlying metrics say actually more like mid threes is where he's been pitching at this season. So I like Stroman to take advantage of that. Cubs are always a little bit scary as a favorite, but Stroman versus this Rockies offense at home is just too much for me to pass up at a price like this. Minus 131 is an A grade pick for me model says it should be minus minus one forty four, but this is about as high as I want to go for the a grade any higher. And it really drops to a B grade pick, but at this price, I think it's worth firing heavy on the Cubs in the daytime. And again, no total up yet because they like to see whether closer to the first pitch, uh, than what I'm recording. But again, model says eight as of now, but I'll update that in the morning, uh, in case something has changed. And, uh, uh, the model changes its mind based off of uh, sometimes the ever-changing weather weather patterns in Chicago. Seven to five Eastern first pitch, Marlins at the Nationals around seventy-five degrees for the totality of this game. One's been blowing out, but under five miles per hour. Jesus Lazardo versus Josiah Gray. Lazardo like Every fifth start looks very terrible, but the other four, he's really good. He should have a lot of success against a subpar Nationals offense. Lazardo's a 381 ERA in the season, and the underlying metrics that he's actually been better than that. Josiah Gray did have a stretch this season where he looked like he might be putting it together. I, if you recall over the summer, I was never really buying it and was still fading him when the prices were unjustified, in my opinion. Uh, most of those worked out really well for us for the season up above five for the ERA, and the advanced metrics say it's not a mirage, that he actually hasn't been that good and really hasn't turned the corner that the Nats were hoping he would. Big starting pitcher edge here for the Marlins. Offensively, both of these teams really struggle. Uh, The Marlins did put up some runs here on Thursday night. Uh, The Nats have had some success and scored some runs as of late, but overall, I don't expect a lot from these offenses. Reliever-wise, both of them below average. The only good spot in this game is Jesus Zalardo. Um, That's about it. He's the reason why the Marlins are favored, according to the model. Model says minus 121 with a total of 7.2. No line out yet. Starting pitchers are not confirmed. When there is one, I will post on Twitter and update the sheet once I make a play. Seven o seven Eastern first pitch. Orioles at the Blue Jays. Chilly north of the border in the upper 60s. I'm still projecting that would open the roof at that temperature, but it's not really going to make a difference one way or the other on this one. Jordan Lyles is projected to get the start for the Orioles, but it could potentially also be Austin Voth. There is a little bit of dissension out there. Last I saw Blue Jays looking like they're going to go with a bullpen game, which doesn't really bode very well for them in general. The relievers are okay, but it's hard to think that they're going to find nine good innings. I think the Blue Jays should be favored because that offense is so strong um, and they're at home, but I just don't think they should be that big of favorites. We're always talking about the Blue Jays being overpriced. They were overpriced yet again on Thursday against such a good pitcher like McClanahan. Lyles is no McClanahan, obviously, um, but the Blue Jays should be favored just not by too much. Model says Blue Jays minus 125. I assume we're going to be on the Orioles in this series, all three games. The only question is how much, and that just determines on what sort of value we can get based off of these specific pitching matchups of the day. Uh, model says total of 8.7, and again, once this is all confirmed and I have an official pick, I will tweet that out and update the sheet as well. 17 Eastern, first pitch, Pirates at the Mets, mid-70s for this one. Winds blowing in, but under five miles an hour, snow-rail wind effect. Mitch Keller versus Taiwan Walker. The pitching matchup here is really a complete wash. It's rounding error. Um, underlying metrics for both of these guys are in the upper threes, close to four, Um Tywin Walker does have about a half run better on the ERA, but that's partially he pitches in much more of a pitcher from the ballpark. I wouldn't take too much of it. These two pitchers are both fairly solid, both slightly above average pitchers. Obviously, that's where the similarities between these two teams ends. The Mets got an easy win on Thursday. They should be big favorites, of course. I still think they're overpriced, on Thursday, I didn't think they were overpriced so much that I really wanted to fade the Mets. It was kind of like maybe the Pirates are worth the flyer, but the price wasn't really that exciting on either side when I recorded. And then it just mattered on the movement, and what sort of shopping grounds you could get to determine if there was any value in that game. But it's hard to say there was a lot of value um, just in general for that one. If it was, it was very minimal. I think it's a little bit of a different story here on this Friday night. Model says 223 should be the right price, so the Pirates are already at about 225. So we're already starting to see glimmers of maybe some edge on the Pirates here. You could take a chance on that money line. It's probably not a bad idea to put a half unit, quarter unit, something really small on that because again, even though it didn't work with Bruce Baker on Thursday, Keller is a good enough pitcher that it's very possible that he could keep them in this ball game. The fear, of course, the Pirates relievers are terrible. So it's not one that I love. But I think the Pirates are worth a look here. I'm going to go run line because it's close to even money with a B-grade pick. Total 7.5. So when the odds makers expect a low-scoring game, anytime I can get the road team on the run line, that makes a lot of sense if it's a 2-2 game late. Then the probability that the Mets win by more than one isn't that high. Not impossible, but not that high. So minus 105 is a pretty solid price. I'm on the Pirates run line here with the B grade pick. Model says 7.3 for the total, so it thinks it's priced fairly well. 17 Eastern First Pitch Twins at the Guardians, upper 70s to start, mid-70s to close. Winds to be blowing in to start, out to finish, but all under five miles an hour. So it's not going to really affect too much. Aaron Sanchez versus Tristan McKenzie are the two projected pitchers. Edge the Guardians with regards to the starting pitcher, of course. Sanchez hasn't been bad all the time, but he has struggled at times this season. 6.54 ERA. The underlying metrics say it should be more in the mid-four, so a below-average pitcher. But again, one who has at least at times looked relatively competent. He just hasn't been able to do that a lot. McKenzie, on the other hand, has had a pretty solid season. 3.05 ERA. Now, the advanced metrics do say it should be almost a full run higher, but he's still above average and definitely a better pitcher than Aaron Sanchez. Guardians have the edge there. They have an edge with the relievers, but not by a bunch. The Twins retooled at the trade deadline, the relievers, and they grade out pretty well since then. Offensively, the Guardians' offense is solid. Twins' offense is above average, so this should be a great series here. Model says Guardians minus 148 with a total of 7.4. Again, this one is another game that there is no line out as of yet because starting pitchers aren't confirmed. 17 Easter first pitch Rangers at the Rays, Martin Perez versus Corey Kluber. Perez is obviously having a fantastic year, 277 ERA. Advanced metrics say mid threes is where it should be. Definitely better than Kluber, but I'm not sure by how much. Kluber's ERA is in the mid to low fours, but the underlying metrics say it should be in the threes, and actually only about maybe a quarter run higher than Perez. I, I think the Perez is a better pitcher. I'm just not sure it's by a bunch. Depending on exactly how you look at it, you could kind of be convinced that it's very minimal, that it's that it's there, but it's not extreme, an extreme edge. Rays' offense is better than the Rangers' offense. Rangers offense is average. Rays' offense is a little bit above average, especially now that they have Juan Franco back. Um, relievers, I trust the Rays' relievers more than the Rangers' relievers, especially you saw on Wednesday night the Rangers blowing that game. And that's why we always talk about these Rangers' relievers. They had a nice little... I think five-game stretch or six-game stretch or whatever, where they had pitched well. That's what I was talking about. Relievers are kind of volatile, and they're going to have some stretches where they look good and bad. And we want to look at the big picture. The big picture is these Rangers relievers aren't that good. I trust the Rays relievers. I'm going to be on Tampa 135. Model says 135. It's a B grade. It's a B minus grade. I'm giving it a B grade, even though the model says there's only the tiniest, if any, value at this number, specifically because... I think that the bullpen for the Rays can be the difference maker in that Kluber isn't asked to go eight innings. If you were asking Kluber to go eight innings because the relievers behind him weren't as good, I think that's a problem. It's something similar we talked about here for the Thursday day game with the Guardians. Of course, the difference was nobody really knew at the time that the Guardians were going to ask Gaddis to go out and throw 100 pitches. And that, of course, didn't work out really well. And if we had known that, I think the idea would have been a whole lot different. The idea was to put him in a situation to succeed, have him go two innings, maybe three, and then turn it over to an excellent bullpen. And we didn't really know what the game plan was there. With Kluber, though, in the Rays, I think we have a better idea that the Rays are going to go out there and try to win this game, which means get Kluber through five, six innings. If he's rolling, maybe seven, but don't try to push him. And then the relievers... For the Rays, are kind of finally taking form, getting a little bit healthier. And at that point, turn it over to those set of relievers. That can make Kluber a little bit better than he probably is and make the smart starting pitcher discrepancy really small. So at that point, I'll take the home team with the better defense, better set of relievers, better offense, and the price isn't too big. So I like being on the Rays here. It's a B-grade pick at minus 135, but it's literally as high as I want to go, any higher than this, and it does drop to a C. Almost was a C here. I just think the Rays get this one done, and I don't think the price is too high, so I'm okay laying a little bit of a number here Total on this one, 7.5. Model says 6.6. Model says absolutely go under 7.5, as it should be a low-scoring game and a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. 17 Eastern first pitch, Royals at the Red Sox. Fairly chilly up in Boston. Upper 60s to start, mid-60s to close. When's we blowing in, or across from left field. It's maybe a tiny bit of help to the pitchers, but maybe more across than in, and only around five miles an hour. So it's really rounding area. You're talking a tenth of a run difference in the projection between the two. The total in this game is nine and a half. Model says only eight and a half. You do have a fairly hitter-friendly ballpark, but Fenway has been a little bit more of an under-ballpark this year than in years past, at least. The Royals have been kind of an over-team as well, but it's probably also been more on Kaufman, which is very hitter-friendly, well, I don't think nine and a half is a little bit too high. So something to keep an eye on there. It's not because of John Heasley though. Heasley is going to make the model project a fairly high total as it's a pitcher the model has liked to fade all season. 551 ERA and the guy I've been preaching all season is every bit as bad as that. Versus Michael Walker, 269 ERA. Not that good, a guy we're talking about. ERA should probably be about a full run higher, but still an above-average pitcher and still a much better pitcher than John Heasley. I mean, the Red Sox have a pretty big edge here with regards to the starting pitcher. They have a pretty big edge in the bullpen. Not that the Red Sox bullpen is great. It's just very mediocre, but that's better than the Royals. And the Red Sox offense above average, Royals offense below average. I mean, this should be all Red Sox here at home. Model says 229 191 is an A-grade pick for me. I'm not going to try to get cute on the run line with the home team. A lot of these home favorites, as we saw here, Um, it's harder. As we've seen a lot lately, it's harder for me to cover that one and a half. Um, It's really only advisable in a situation like I've been talking about when I think it can really get ugly. Um, I think it it can here. It has a high total, but I just don't want to get cute because I'm just not convinced Waka and the Red Sox bullpen is good enough to prevent a – Backdoor type cover. I know it's the wrong sport for that terminology, but this feels like a game that could easily be five to two in the eighth, five to two in the seventh, and then the Royals against that Red Sox bullpen again, which is just very mediocre. It gives up a run or two, and the Red Sox could win this one five to four. We're kind of biting our nails a little bit. Red Sox are a much better team. It's the side I want to be on. I think the price is short, but I just don't want to get too cute on the run. That I'm going to stick to the money line at minus 191. Again, on these type of situations, my rule of thumb is as long as the number starts with a one, it's probably okay to do money line. It's not that there's anything magic about going to the two. It's just that's a general cut point for me of where I want to go to the run line. Uh, But here I'm I'm fine with money line at minus 191. And again, a game that the model thinks um, maybe nine and a half, a little bit too high for the total in this one, especially with 60 degree weather in Fenway. 17 Eastern start time, White Sox at the Tigers. Around 80 degrees to start in Detroit, around 70 degrees to close. Winds will be blowing in at 5 to 10 miles an hour on this one. That's so why we have another projected underplay model. says 6.9, so model likes under 7.5. You have a picture in Lucas Giolito. I've spent a lot of time on this show talking about very up and down all season. Every time you think he's done, he looks great. Every time you think he's figured it out, he looks bad. 5'18 ERA on the season. And again, I will preach. Advanced metrics say his ERA should actually be in the upper three. So he's had a lot of bad luck. I don't think he's as bad as that ERA, but I don't think he's very good either. Malta gives him a 97 grade, and I think that's a pretty fair representation, just kind of around an average pitcher. Sometimes he looks good. Sometimes he looks bad. You just never really gonna know what you're going to get. Matt Manning, on the other hand, has been, in his 10 starts, fairly consistently solid. Never going to be amazing, but he tends to not get hit around too hard. 373 ERA, underlying metrics say that's about right. Average pitcher, but a lot less variability. Given that the starting pitchers mostly cancel each other out, Tigers to relievers are still solid and kind of cancel each other out either. The only edge the White Sox have in this game is their offense, and they absolutely have a better offense than the Tigers. But I don't think the Tigers will be throwing anybody out there like Connor Gaddis, who's just throwing up home run balls left and right. I think this is a low-scoring game. I love the Tigers here on the run line at minus 135. It's an A-grade pick. Can model things under lower scoring games tend to be uh, r- run line underdogs tend to work out better. Minus one thirty five is not that steep of a price here. It's an A grade play. I think the Tigers might even be worth a shot on the money line at plus one thirty five. Model says it should be White Sox minus one twenty four. So maybe I'll sprinkle on the money line. Makes a little bit of sense as well. I'm just going to stick to the run line and try not to get too greedy on this one in case it's close late. We don't really have to care who wins a one-run ball game, but the Tigers could easily pull this one out because the only edge, again, the White Sox have is on offense that's partially canceled out by the game being in Detroit. Not completely, again, the White Sox should still be favored. But it's Tigers for pass on this one as the White Sox price of minus 150 or so is way too high, given that Manny isn't that far behind Giolito. 720 Eastern Phillies at the Braves are on 80 degrees to start, mid-70s to close. Winds be blowing in at around five miles an hour for this one. The pair of lefties and Ranger Suarez and Max Freed. Suarez, 362 ERA on the season. Underline metrics say that is pretty accurate for him. Freed, 250 ERA in the season. Advanced metrics say it should be a tiny bit higher, but not by much. Freed, a fantastic pitcher, uh, probably top 10, for sure top 15 pitcher in Major League Baseball. Suarez, not bad, but obviously a notch behind Freed. So it's definitely an edge of the Braves here, starting pitcher. Philly's bullpen's pretty solid. It actually doesn't rate that far behind the Braves. I do think the Braves' bullpen is better, but it's not that far behind uh, or not that big of a difference between these two bullpens, which is a little surprising to me just looking at. It. I think the perception is that the Braves' bullpen's a lot better, and I do think it's better, just maybe not by that much. And offensively, the same thing. The Phillies' offense is not... That far behind the Braves. Overall, the model actually grades them the same. Now, against lefties, the Braves are pretty balanced lefty-righty. The Phillies are a little bit left-handed heavy. So in this game with the pair of lefties the models, says the Braves have a small edge here. I like the Braves. I think the Braves are a really good team. And I tweeted out recently my top teams right now in the power rankings, if you include all starting pitchers, which doesn't really help you day-to-day. It's just interesting where I'm ranking the teams compared to everybody else. I mean, it's, it's Dodgers, number one, clear in away. way uh, that it's a big gap and then it's Mets and then a small gap and then it's Braves and Astros are tied right there. I mean, I have the Braves as the third best team in baseball. I think they're a really good baseball team. I think they have just generally been overpriced lately. And I think they're overpriced to get here on this Friday night. Model says it should be Braves minus 148. That This Phillies team isn't that much worse than them. And when you look at the standings, I think that's kind of what the standings say, too. It's like eight games or whatever. And that's not that big of a difference. It's the Braves are a better team. And the Braves are at home, but they shouldn't be favored by that much. The model gives the Braves almost a 60% chance to win this game. I think that seems about right. The Braves should be favored, just not to this price of minus 160. Again, we always have to think about being price sensitive. If you're betting one game your whole life or just one set of games one day, whatever, throw some of that stuff out the window. But if we're doing this day in and day out, we don't have to think about do the Braves win this game. We have to think if we play games like this every single day, how many of them do the Braves win? The model says if this game were to happen or games like this 100 times, the Braves win 60 of them. If you go 60% at this price of Braves minus 176, you're going to lose a ton of money. It's Phillies or pass. I'm going to take them on the run line. Another low scoring game model has a total of 7.4, actual total 7.5. As we're getting into fall, we're getting into chillier weather and we see these seven, seven and a half totals. We're thinking lower scoring games. It's more tight ball games. That makes the run line even more appealing. Minus 130 for the road team, I think is a gift. It's a great play, in my opinion, on the run line. Phillies, a great play for me there. Money line, again, like I said with the Tigers, maybe not a bad idea. I think they have a chance to pull it off. It's not what I expect, but there's a lot of things that happen every single night in baseball that I don't expect. It's a weird game. It's a, it's a, it's a random game. So It's, it's why we always think about these things in terms of probabilities. Phillies might pull it off, but if nothing else, I really loved them to keep it close. Minus 130 is a great price for the run line, in my opinion. Again, another A-grade play for me there in Eastern, the A's at the Astros. Astros getting it done for us here on Thursday night with the run line, a game that, like I mentioned, there were a lot of ways that could get ugly. Caprellian actually pitched okay, but the Astros got to the A's bullpen again, which grades up pretty terribly. They were able to thankfully cover as run line favorites. I'm going to be back on the run line again for the Astros, but just as on Thursday night, it's a B grade pick, simply because the price is too high. Laying these types of minus 150-ish odds that we did on Thursday here and the same thing on Friday, it's, it's a good play. I think it's worth the investment. It's just not one I want to be over-invested in because the value just isn't there. And I want to get an, an extra half unit on the picks that offer the most value. And I just don't think this is one of those. And I think Astro's run line worth a play. I think the money line is a fine investment. Again, if you like money line parlays. Um, but for me, my official pick, I'm going to stick to the run line as that money line price is just really high. But your know, model says it's not bad value though. At minus 340, model says it should be minus 357. Total in this one, 7.5. Model says exactly 7.5. Return of Justin Verlander, who's been fantastic this season and definitely um, needing a good start to keep his hold on the Cy Young with McClanahan really nipping at his heels with a fantastic start on Thursday. Um, The A's are a type of team who you expect him to get it off of and to continue to make his case for yet another Cy Young. Adrian Martinez for the A's, 559 ERA. Underlying metrics say it shouldn't be that bad, which is always interesting for a pitcher who pitches in such a pitcher from the ballpark like Oakland, but he's still a below-average pitcher. So below-average pitcher for the A's versus Justin Verlander, this is a massive mismatch. I'm on the Astros. Again, you can play the money line, but for my official pick, I'll save myself a little bit of the odds. I think this game could get ugly, and I'll take the run line. But again, it's such a high price, it only gets a B grade from me. 8-10 8 10 Eastern, start time Yankees at the Brewers. Mid-70s to start, around 70 degrees to close on this one. Roof probably open in Milwaukee on a night like this. Um, again, it shouldn't really matter if they open it or close it, though. Uh, Frankie Montas versus Adrian Hauser. Montas, 398 ERA on the season. Underline metrics say it should be a little bit better than that. Hauser 461 ERA, underlying metrics say also a little bit better than that. Montas is the better pitcher, for sure. Model gives him an 89 grade, whereas Hauser gets a 101. I'm just not sure at this point, though, this Yankees team, if it's wise to back them. I talked about it with the Braves. This current Yankees team isn't that good, and you just look at their injured list, and it's – it's already half of a really good team. It's so many good relievers and so many good hitters. When I pulled up the the hitter profiles on on these guys, it's 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 Judge and it's Stanton and no one else is that good. There's only another. There's only one or two guys that's even above average and it's barely above average. So as they start getting healthier over the month, that's going to start to change. But as of now, this team is just so banged up. They're being treated like they're healthy, and they're not. Or they're being treated like they're almost healthy. And I just don't think they're healthy enough at this point to back. I'm on the Brewers run line at plus, or it should be at minus 150. It's a B grade pick. It's just too steep of odds to get an A grade, though. I don't really love backing Adrian Hauser, but I think this Brewers team is just very average at this point. An average team at home against, honestly, what I think is a pretty average Yankees team. Now again, the Yankees have the advantage with Montas on the mound to start, but on the road kind of cancel some of that out. It's a coin toss type game model says Yankees minus one Oh two it's Brewers or pass. You can take the Brewers at plus plus one ten. I don't know who wins this game. Like I said, I really think it's a true coin toss game totals eight model says eight. So it's relatively low scoring is what we're expecting. And so again, I'll be on the run line on the plus one and a half and just say, I don't know who wins. If it's a one run game, I've got to play where I don't have to care who wins. The idea here is that there's at least a 10% chance that the Brewers or that the Yankees win by exactly one run. We've seen a lot of one-run games in baseball this year. We saw a lot last year and the year before, but we've seen even more this year. And so a one-run game plays out perfectly for this play. It's a B-grade pick because the odds just aren't there, but I think the Brewers can hang in there in this one. Maybe the Yankees win, um, but they're just not a good enough team to feel like they can just go in and steamroll decent opponents. not that the Brewers are great, they're just decent Uh, But they're just not healthy enough, in my opinion, to to do the damage against a guy like Adrian Hauser that a healthy Yankees offense absolutely could. I just don't think they're healthy right now enough to do that. 8.15 Eastern, start time reds at the Cardinals. Low 80s to start, mid-70s to close. Cardinals with an absolutely pathetic offensive performance on Thursday. There's really no other way about it. Um, See if they can get back here on friday and do a little bit better the ones we blowing out to left maybe a little bit across but also only about five miles an hour so again probably rounding air to a tenth of a run for that one right now we haven't confirmed the starting pitchers but it's justin Dunn and jack flaherty is what we are projecting both of these are below average pitcher done towards the bottom of the barrel flaherty um not great obviously has the potential to do better but just hasn't been able to consistently go out there and do much of anything recently um the underlying metrics has only been 18 innings, but the underlying metrics for the 18 innings he's pitched are not promising for this season. So I'm not really high on Flaherty at this point. Now, if he's going to have success, it should be against a Reds offense that's pretty bad in a pitcher-friendly ballpark. But I just don't have a ton of faith in Flaherty. I don't have any faith in Justin Dunn. I don't have any faith in the Reds or relievers. They did do a decent job here on Thursday, but again... not going to take too much out of that. The Cardinals should be favored in this game by a lot, in my opinion, but maybe not by as much as you'd think because, again, Flaherty is of concern. But the model still says Cardinals minus 282. The Cardinals have one of the best offenses in baseball, and the Reds have one of the worst. And when you take one of the worst offenses in baseball, a subpar bullpen, and one of the worst starting pitchers on the road, the model's still going to love the Cardinals. It's minus 282. It's another pick that I would definitely go Cardinals run line if that's the way we're looking, simply because if we see something like Thursday, we've saved ourselves a lot of juice. The issue of course with Flaherty, if he gives up a bunch of runs then I don't want to have any part of laying a really big number. I'd rather just be on the run line. If Flaherty does okay, which again if he's going to have success, a team like the Reds is the type of team it's going to be against then the Cardinals should be able to win by more than a run but they didn't on Thursday, so again, it's just always a reminder that there are no locks in gambling. But again, model says Cardinals minus 282 with a total of 8.5. If I could go over 8 on this one, I would. Who knows what number will come out. But again, once that happens, I will tweet out a pick and update the sheet accordingly. So the late games, 9.07 Eastern. First pitch, Mariners at the Angels. Mid-70s to start, around 70 degrees to close. One's blowing out, but around 5 miles an hour for this one. Robbie Ray and Michael Lorenzen... Ray is a pitcher, talked a lot about this season, maybe struggled early on, then kind of got rolling a little bit. 356 ERA, underlying metrics say that's pretty accurate. Lorenzen 470 ERA, underlying metrics say that's also pretty accurate. I would Ray's a better pitcher. The Mariners should be favored here on the strength, the fact that they've got a much better starting pitcher, a much better bullpen, and a little bit better of an offense as well. Even though they're on the road, the model says Mariners minus 152 Right now, the money line price I'm seeing is Mariners minus 151. That's not that exciting. It's the, it's the way I'd look if you wanted to play a money line. I think the Mariners money line makes a lot of sense. I'm just not that excited at minus 151 for them on the road. I'd rather have a minus 145. Obviously, if it gets down to the minus 140 range, that's really exciting Never know exactly what the number is going to do, but at least when you get to the minus 140s, mid-140s, minus now I'm starting to get a little bit more intrigued at that money line price. But north of minus 150, again, it's what I would do. I just don't love it. So instead, I'm going to go run line at plus 105. I like the plus odds here. Again, I don't mind the run line as much, laying that one and a half with the road team, since we know that they're going to get those nine of bets. And they do make us pay a little bit of a premium for that. I am well aware of that. But we still have plus odds in this situation, which is kind of why I'm intrigued at this and why I like it a little bit more than the money line at minus 150 uh, because those plus odds would be a great pick for me on the Mariners. I think that's the side to be on. Money line run line is kind of a coin toss being those plus odds versus something worse than minus 150 is what made my decision to go run line. But either way, I think the Mariners are the way to go in this one. Total is 8. Model says 8.6. So model says if you want to play an over This one might be one to look at. With Robbie Ray, you never quite know. Sometimes he struggles, but when he's on, he can really shut the Angels down. So if you are playing an over, I might also rather look Mariners team total over, given that Lorenzen is a just very average pitcher and the Mariners should be able to score some runs off of him in this one. 9.40 Eastern, start time Padres at the Diamondbacks. A pair of lefties in Blake Snell versus Madison Bumgarner. Talked about Bumgarner. In yesterday's episode, that was who we thought would go until the Diamondbacks um, went with, with Dre Jamison instead. I don't know what else to say about Baumgartner. I don't trust him at all. I'm very concerned about the number of innings he's thrown. Not necessarily this year, just over his career, and just how he continues to look worse each start. I don't trust him whatsoever. Blake Snell, on the other hand, has looked pretty good the whole back half of the season. Uh, started Struggled starting off. Uh, coming back from injury but has been mostly mostly not always but mostly rolling ever since he doesn't have a 402 era but the underlying metrics say it should be about three so there's a guy who i think there's some value backing because i'm not sure people realize that the underlying metrics say that he should put pr- he predicts fairly well going forward that's what we're concerned about here we're not really concerned about what did happen we're much more concerned about what we think will happen and sometimes those are good indicators and sometimes they aren't. The ERA is, of course, not really a good indicator in that regard. So I think Snell might have some value backing. And like I said, I just don't trust Bumgarner whatsoever. The model indicates that the Padres' money line price is too high. And I tend to agree. The price i is minus 172. The model says minus 156. I'm just my buy point for the Diamondbacks is not 156. I understand that's what the model says. I just don't trust Bumgarner. There's really nothing more to it than that. And so my buy point for the Diamondbacks, though, isn't 156. It's more like 166. And right now, the price on the Diamondbacks is 158. So it's just not there for me to get excited about Arizona. It's kind of the direction the model would lean, but I just don't like it. And so instead, I'm going to go with the Padres. But I also don't like that money line price. I tend to agree with the model and that 172. It's just too much for a Padres team that we really just can't trust and haven't been able to trust really all season. People give them a hard time about the trade deadline situation, but they were very up and down and kind of confusing and all over the place before the trade deadline. We haven't really been able to trust them all season. I mean, I never trust them at the end of last season either. You know, they started off the first 120 ish games or whatever last year, 110 games last year. So good. But otherwise, since then, it's been a really frustrating team, especially, I'm sure, if you're a fan so i don't want to lay the minus 172 but i think the Padres decided rather beyond just given the pitching matchup given the fact that diamondbacks relievers are so bad we're asking bummer to go to go out there and go six or seven strong innings if not even if he does well but gets his pitch count up and only goes four or five it's a lot of innings of diamondbacks relievers which is scary i just can't take the diamondbacks unless the value's really there and the value's not really there right now so we're on the padres on the run line, though, since the money line price is too high, it's minus 110, only a C-grade pick. It's not one that I think has a lot of value, but I'll take a chance on the Padres just getting to Bumgarner and making him look foolish. Otherwise, it's hard to think there's a great way to invest on the side in this game because trusting the Diamondbacks and Madison Bumgarner is just not something I can do right now. Total in this game is 8.5. Model says exactly 8.5. Wrapping us up, 10-15 Eastern. First pitch Dodgers at the Giants. Chile and San Francisco... Mid to upper 50s. Winds will be blowing out around 10 miles an hour, but as I always mentioned, a park that's built to minimize those impacts. Dustin May versus Logan Webb. A pair of righties. I talked about May as we thought he would get a start a couple of days ago, and instead they pushed him back once they uh, clenched, I guess everything that they're looking to clench, really, um, and went with Michael Grove instead. May's a guy who's only thrown four times. 429 ERA and the underlying metrics are a little bit concerning. He's had a couple of good starts, but he's had a couple of rocky ones as well. Like, I'm just not sure how much we can trust. Models has, gives him a 94 rating. I still think May's solid, but I, I'm just we're just not 100% sure, especially after coming off the injury like this and how long it's been since he's pitched. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes out there and has a fantastic start, but it's not something that I think I have a lot of faith in projecting. So a lot of variability around him. Could be decent, could be good, could be great, could really struggle. You just don't really know what you're going to get from Dustin May at this point. Versus a guy like Logan Webb, who well, I think we know what we're going to get. Last time that Logan Webb faced the Dodgers, he got him a victory. I picked the Giants, and I think just about every single comment that was made about this game was telling me how stupid I was for backing Logan Webb and the Giants. And everybody was backing the Dodgers, and it was quite confusing, all the disrespect given Logan Webb. Maybe I will get quite the same comments this time that I'm backing Logan Webb. He can absolutely keep the Giants in this game. That doesn't mean the Giants win. It doesn't mean that they cover this number. It just means that Logan Webb is good enough to keep the Giants in this ball game. He did it last time and got them the victory. I think the same sort of thing will happen today. The Dodgers should be favored. They are still a really good team. But again, I just don't think they should be favored by this price. It's Giants are pass. Model says 129, so laying 155 with the Dodgers is just foolish in my opinion because, again, it's not a good long-term play at this point, especially against a pitcher as good as Logan Webb on the road. Again, who can win this game single-handedly? And he might be having to do that given that this Giants team is so up and down relievers of course shaky for them offense at least average nowhere near the dodgers though And that's of course the big edge the dodgers have is on offense but given that they're throwing a shaky pitcher in dustin may give me logan webb every day of the week in this matchup i'm gonna go run line minus 130 is way too low in my opinion a grade pick total on this one 7.3 model says sorry model says 7.3 actual total 7.5 and that, again another low scoring game if it's a one-run game don't have to care who wins i think webb can keep them in this ball game there's multiple ways the Giants win this game and/or win this bet. So I think a s- sprinkling a little bit on the Dodgers money line may not be a bad idea. That price right now, 143. Again, model says 129, so 143 offers some pretty good value. But if May struggles and the Giants get to him, the Dodgers probably win this game. If May is on, which is absolutely possible, we could end up in a pitcher's duel. And at that point, this play still could win because the Dodgers could easily win this game something like two to one. So there's a lot of ways that we can win this game, um, which makes minus minus one thirty extremely appealing on the run line. It's an A grade pick for me model might lean under, but I don't think I would go under simply because again, I don't know what I'm going to get from Dustin May. If I was going to go under, I'd probably go Dodgers team total under. I know that sounds scary, but the hope there would be you're getting a really high number. You're getting a number probably under four and a half, maybe under five. And that might offer some value caveat there. You're trusting Logan Webb. So then you always have to think about that Giants bullpen. So maybe instead of both of those, maybe you just look to some Logan Webb player props. So there's a lot of interesting angles with this, given the uncertainty with the pitchers. But again, I think there's just a lot of ways that this run line play hits minus 130, I think offers great value. It's an A grade play for me there. So that's all the games. I'll recap the A picks. Again, at this point, there are four games that still don't have a Line out, I'll add those picks on Twitter and the Google Sheet later on. But for right now, my A-grade plays: Cubs minus 131 in an afternoon start at home against the Rockies. Red Sox at minus 191 at home against the Royals. Tigers on the run line at minus 135, at home against the White Sox. Phillies at minus 130 on the run line at the Braves. And then the last one we just talked about, the Giants, on the run line at minus 130 at home against the Dodgers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Check out the website if you haven't yet. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel. is will jump right into your feed. I will see you again tomorrow for more MLB picks. If you haven't yet, again, make sure you check out all of that great college football content that we have as we head into week three of that season. And as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.